You're listening to Shrink the Virus, a podcast exploring the psychology of everyday life during the pandemic and touching on all the important topics you need to know, well, according to two psychiatrists. And of course, like all things wonderful in this world, this is a Triple R production. Don't forget to subscribe. Steve, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about COVID and stress, the stress reactions we might be having, the community might be having, and some tips to avoid it all. And we've got to put our timestamp on the day. Today is Easter Saturday, which makes it the 11th of April at uh, 3.22. Things may have changed since we recorded this show. So, Steve, what's happening in your life? Oh, look, right now I'm uh, enjoying the Easter break, although it's been pretty busy, I've got to say, catching up on work and various other things. I'm uh, just uh, camped out in my house. Um, it's cold and windy outside. I've been taking the opportunity to do a little bit of reading. I'm reading Karen Hitchcock's book about medicine and, uh, you know, watching a few TV shows. I've been watching The Capture on ABC iView. Highly recommend. What about you? Well, for us, it's uh, Passover, so I've been eating lots of matzah, which is kind of like a salada biscuit. And, um, and so, a lot of- matzah, salada biscuit, that's basically Jewish chocolate. That's your equivalent <laughs> to the Easter egg. No wonder you feel persecuted. Let me tell you, the persecution goes on because, man, I've been going through the prunes <laughs> and the figs like there's no tomorrow because it tends to be very, it, it tends to slow down your inner workings. Who so have you got that- in your house at the moment? It's, it's the whole family's home. Yeah, so both kids, both teenagers, my daughter's doing VCE, which is tough, 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 uh, and my wife is home. And so there's four of us, and I've, <laughs> it just seems like there's never enough space. So every desk has got books and people's computers on it. I've, I've carved out a tiny little space in the back of the garage. I've got a little card table, and that's where I'm doing a lot of my work. But it's good to have the whole family home. You know, tough but good. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? You know, how everyone adapts to the space and spreads out because everyone's brought their outside life home. So a whole lot of stuff that you would normally do in the outside world, and that's the same for kids, you know, all of a sudden is at home. So you're trying to squeeze multiple lives into one household that normally only includes family life. Now it includes family and outside life anyway. Uh, Yeah, look, I was just saying to my daughter today that um, it's really tough on teenagers. I mean, just at the age where... You really want to be moving away from your parents, moving away from your family. It's a natural developmental process. Mixing with your peers, you're stuck with your family for 24 hours a day for like weeks at a time. Thankfully, you know, they've got all the social media and stuff and they're catching up that way, but it's just not the same. Well, you know, that's actually a pretty good segue into today's topic, you know, which is stress and and all the aspects of stress. And, you know, why don't we kick off with, maybe thinking about ourselves and then what we've seen in the community. What, do you feel stressed at the moment? What's yeah, your stress levels like? Look, that's the question you asked me when we, at the start um, when we're doing the prep for the show. And um, it's, it's weird. Like, how do you know you're stressed? How, look, how do I know that I'm stressed? I mean, I'm a psychiatrist, so I can kind of <laughs> use some of those tools. But how does somebody who doesn't normally think about it, how do they know that they're stressed? Like, how do you, I mean, you don't seem stressed to me, Steve. I mean, you never seem stressed. Are you stressed? 
Yeah, bloody oath I'm stressed. I mean, I'm at the moment, and this is probably the last month, I'm waking up at least an hour every night, sometimes two, and sometimes I'm struggling to get back to sleep, especially if I've got a lot on during the day. Like a couple of times at work, I had some really big issues, largely to do with COVID, reorganising stuff, and I couldn't sleep from about two or three onwards. Um, I'm over, yeah, I'm overeating. I know I've gained what I like to call two COVID kilos so far, (laughs) which I have to lose. The COVID Um, kilos, that's what yeah, so sleep's been the main thing for me. Look, I've probably had some psychosomatic symptoms too. I had a toothache the other day and I often get toothaches when I'm stressed. I know not to go to the dentist in under four or five days if I'm stressed because toothaches are a common symptom for me. So they're sort of my giveaways. I probably sleep and some psychosomatic symptoms. I don't feel... I've had a few periods during the day where I felt a, a little bit probably not panicky, but on the verge of panicky where I've just felt a little bit out of control, not in the last few days, but certainly when the things first started firing up about four or five weeks ago and we really had to rethink how we were going to run our hospitals and stuff. So you haven't had any of that sort of stuff. You're sleeping like a bambino. What I have had though is just old kind of worries have resurfaced and they, they, you know, things are like I, I put to bed, you know, months or weeks ago, like, you know, worrying about this little thing or that little thing it's now sort of surfacing as you say early hours of the morning and then i think eventually when i wake up i think no 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 i've sorted that months ago and then i go back to sleep again but yeah my sleep is is not as good as it was for sure sure. what about the community is there anything you're sort of noticing at a community level i mean you and i are both out and about quite a bit including work we're still working in the hospitals what do you notice from a community perspective well, certainly people are way more conscious now of social distancing. Like we just went shopping today um, and, you know, people didn't have to be reminded, like they were pretty um, comfortable at staying, you know, six feet apart and waiting to get into the supermarket and doing their shopping really quickly or you know, efficiently, um, you know, not messing around. You know, if, when I went, actually, when I was down the fruit aisle and I walked past this lady, young woman, probably in her early 30s, um, she sort of took a wide berth around me. And normally that happens because people don't like the way I look or dress. But I think this is kind of part of COVID. Right? So are you suggesting that the fact that people are obeying social distancing is driven by stress? Because I, I would have thought it's more driven by a desire to avoid getting COVID. Whereas I'd see other things as signs of community stress, oh, for example. No, no, no. I don't think it's signs of stress, but I think that, pe- that it's constantly on people's minds. So I don't think that's a sign of stress per se, but it's just an indication that people are thinking about it all the time. Whereas a month ago, <laughs> it wouldn't even enter anybody's consciousness. And I think when that starts to happen, it can predispose you to start getting stressed. I don't know if they're linked, but I, I take your point. I take your point. What I'd more say is, you know, I'm seeing stuff in the, in the community that to me are signs of stress. Like there's a lot of um, irritability, anger, blame, lots of, you know, how dare that person oh, yeah. break the rules? How dare they do this? The politicians aren't doing enough, all of this sort of stuff. And for me, that's sort of like just a symptom of stress because when people get stressed, they get irritable, they snap more easily, they want to blame others. Um, they want to share their anger and frustration and anxiety. And there's a lot of that going on. So for me, that's a sign of community. Oh, no, absolutely. And I think what I was trying to get at before is that because it's constantly on people's minds, they're they're constantly attuned to it. And that can 
that that kind of raises the level where you why are you laughing laughing because i reckon you're just trying to justify a point that i've disagreed with (laughs) yeah it's because you're wrong but you know that thing with the supermarkets let me twice i've been to the supermarkets and you know me i'm a very kind of um conflict avoidant person but like twice and i understand the people at the supermarket like the shelf stackers they're really irritable or you know they, they can be because they're just under so much pressure to do stuff um and i've noticed that a bit of times so um, let's run through what you know what the source of all the stress is obviously you know i mean we, we can't go through this exhaustively let's just yeah. touch on let's just touch on the key points you know the one is the first one is obviously threat to yourself everyone's scared of getting COVID. for the first time ever we're all thinking we could get an illness we're going to a potentially feel really sick and potentially not survive. So yep. that's the first most. Well, I, I, yeah, you keep going. I'm listening, man. You're the okay. expert. Am I the expert here? I thought we were, I thought you were, <laughs> I thought we were both the experts. Okay. The second one is obviously threat to family, you know, that, and that I've been hearing constantly on talkback radio um, throughout the hospital. People are worried about their families, especially their family members who are elderly or their family members who have got illnesses. I've got a few friends who have got some, you know, nasty illnesses yeah. um, whereby, you know, they think that if they get COVID, it's going to be really touch and go. So fear for um, families, another one. And my next one, which I think is not so much COVID, but it's a flow on is fear for livelihood. There's so many people who have already lost their jobs. Those queues outside Centrelink are just unbelievable. Mm. And, uh, and even the people who haven't lost their jobs are wondering what's the impact of this on their job in the future? Is their business going to be safe? And what's that? What the, what's the story with their superannuation? Um, and you know, are they going to be able to retire? That one has crossed my mind. I've looked at my super carefully and I keep, uh, I keep turning on anything that Alan Kohler says on the news. He's so good. He covers it all. What about yeah, other I've, ones I've for actually, you? I've actually stopped looking at the financial news um, because it just, it, uh, that worries me. So, um, and, and uh, the economy worries me. So I basically, whenever I hear news of that, I just switch off. That's a, that's a damn good tip. I, I agree. Look, I did that for a little while, a couple of weeks ago. I, I even um, logged out of my app on my phone that tells me my super and stuff like that because I just found myself, you know, looking at it going, oh, you know, I wanted to retire in the next, um, uh-huh. you know, not, you know, super yeah. short term, but relatively short term. And I've already blown that out and thought, no, 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 put that on the back burner for the time being. Um, well, the other thing too is like, what is the purpose of having information? You, I mean, one of the purposes of having information is to act upon it. And I know that I'm not going to do anything financial with in the next sort of short term because it's just way, it's way too uncertain. So I don't need to know. I just do not need to know the information. Yeah, and it's the same with my super. I can't touch it yeah. for another well, 10 years anyway. Well, so yeah. why the hell am I looking at yeah. it? Well, the other one I think that's adding to a lot of stress is, of course, just the, the which you touched on before, is the isolation. It's yeah. very stressful, this isolation and the uncertainty. And it's very stressful not knowing what the end game is. You know, there was some news in the paper today out of New South Wales. Mind you, I've been very unimpressed with lots of the stuff that's coming out of New South Wales, but basically saying this could continue for two years. Well, I mean, for goodness sakes, that's just, uh, Mm. uh, but if, you know, that stressed a heck of a lot of people. I had texts from um, my dad, um, friends saying, what you mean we can't travel for two years? We're not going to be able to go back to work. I'm sure that's not what they meant. But um, so, uh, you know, just the whole isolation and the thought that, you know, it's going to be a long period of time where we don't get back to normal. And, you know, 
different people respond to isolation differently. Like some people actually don't, I mean, we've got some friends who actually don't mind being isolated um, and being left alone. But then there's people like, I guess, you and me, who, who really need uh, the company of other people. And I actually find not um, being around lots of people quite stressful. Actually, Yeah, we've got, a, we've, actually, we've got a podcast coming up on tips for social yeah. isolation. Yeah. And one of the things I think, I'll, you've just reminded me of that, I'm going to look up tips for extroverts during social isolation. <laughs> anyway, so and look, we're all stressed right now. Yeah. Um, and stress can manifest in different ways. Um, and, you know, and of course, the, I suppose one of the key points to know there is everyone reacts differently to stress. Yep. Some people are stressed and don't know it. I see plenty of anxious people. I was speaking to one of my good friends the other day about, um, I said, how are you going? And she said to me, I'm not stressed at all. And I said, what? She said, no, no, I'm not at all. And I happened to know that, you know, she'd lost her temper in an argument with someone the day before and stormed out of, out of a conversation. And I said to, and, you know, so I just said that, you know, why do you think you got so irritable yesterday? And, you know, I mean, and mind you, her answer was, um, I, that happens all the time, but it doesn't, it doesn't. I think we're, I think it can be possible I, I, not I, to notice, you know, you, you might not notice it in yourself. But I think you're absolutely right because it's almost become, we it's like we've had to adapt to this new normal in a very short amount of time and uh you know change um even when it's for a positive thing like say getting married or going on a holiday or whatever can be stressful but this isn't a positive thing so i think people are stressed and i think a lot of people as you say may not be fully aware of it or or what the actual symptoms are so we should actually talk a bit a bit about that before we do, though, this is, let me just say there's a few groups that we should watch out for. It's worth pointing out. Yep. So if we've got anyone in our lives, you know, who are in these high-risk groups, obviously elderly people, kids and teenagers, they're an important group to watch out for. And the reason I say that is because they'll often not say they're stressed. They're in that group of people who often don't say it. They'll act it out in some way. You know, they'll throw more tantrums, not eat their food, yell more, et cetera, et cetera. I think we've also got to watch out for anyone with a mental illness at this time. Mm -hmm. A number of my patients who have got anxiety disorders and depression are struggling a little bit more. And of course, anyone who's got some particular reason to be worried, like, for example, some illness. Anyway, that, that's, I just wanted to flag those things because, you know, when we're looking at the people around us and wondering who do we have to keep a close eye on those people in particular i mean some of the other people as well the first responders like you know doctors nurses uh, other clinicians in hospitals and in primary care facilities around the shop too because they're at the coalface and they are more at risk of catching the virus so oh, yeah too you know, right understandable that they'll be more stressed and also their families because yeah. you know the healthcare workers are really worried about spreading it to their families and of course yeah. their families are worried about what's the implication of living with the healthcare worker good point yeah. so will we um move on then to uh how to handle it what do you reckon well this is your forte you've been talking about this since we were in high school together <laughs> which yeah. is a long time ago <laughs> some of these things i swear I swear, really? some of these things I've said so many times that I'm sometimes on autopilot. And you know when you drive from one house to another and you sometimes you if you're on auto, yeah. you forget. Sometimes I walk out of a meeting and I think, oh, did I remember to go through the tips? And I'll ring someone and say, did I go through how to handle stress? And they go, yeah, yeah, you gave, you know, it was really good. And I haven't remembered it because, you know, anyway, let well, me let start me take, at the top. Let oh. me take the first one off your hand because I really love this one. And, you know, when I give... Um, you know, tips and stuff, um, especially to students. You know, these are the big things I talk about. I talk about eating, sleeping and exercise. And they, look, it sounds like just the basic, most basic motherly type advice, but that's because it's so useful. You've got to make sure that you're eating good food. 
you've got to try and make sure that you get good sleep. And that means regular sleep, same time to sleep, same time waking up and exercise. And if you're cooped up in a tiny flat, that's hard, but it's not impossible. There's some great YouTube and uh, another sort of internet uh, videos that you can look at to try and get some exercise as well. You don't need super duper equipment. You can just use your body and exercise. That's super important. Yeah, I agree entirely. The only things I'd add to that are under, under the heading of eat, be careful how much coffee you drink because that will buzz you and be careful how much alcohol you drink because it'll make you feel good for a short time, but then you'll get rebound anxiety afterwards. And the only other tip I often say on sleep because everyone's having trouble is um, if you want more info on that, just Google sleep hygiene and there's heaps of good sites, especially I often look at the Better Health channel, the governments, they've yeah. got a really good, really good sleep hygiene tips. I often give them to patients. Yeah. So that's the first one. And you know, it's also worth adding in if you, you know, psychological first aid, which is eat, sleep, exercise, think about relationships and think about how to do problem solving and stress management. Yeah. That psychological first aid is better than any medication and any yeah. psychotherapy in terms of its outcome for depression and anxiety. You know, and as you say, it's such obvious advice, but it's so effective. Anyway, let's keep yeah. moving. So um, how, how am I, tell me, Stephen, how am I going to unwind at home? How am I going to sort of lower the stress levels in my house for me? Yeah. Well, the first thing you have to do, especially if you're in a multi-person household like you are, is think about turning off the COVID news cycle as much as you can. You don't need to be listening to it 24 hours a day. And if there's one member of the family who's obsessed with it and wants to, get them to listen to it elsewhere. Because for 99% of people, you only really need, you know, you need to check in twice a day. Maybe watch the morning news, check the newspaper, turn on the 7pm ABC News or whichever news you like, get the update. But if you're getting more than that, you're probably going to over load your brain and you're not going to be able to unwind so that's my first thing is turn off the 24-hour news cycle do you know what i do i check the covid news once a day um usually in the morning i look at the numbers to see what the numbers are doing and thankfully as of uh the um 11th of april they're coming down in australia or at least they're flattening out and maybe read a bit about it and that's it for covid i mean it's very hard to avoid anything else about covid i try but that's probably my covid news but then the next thing I'd say on that one is find the things you enjoy, whether it's reading a book, whether it's watching TV, whether it's looking at old movies. And, and quite amazingly, so many of the streaming services and various other groups are, are putting on lots of old movies. I read a great little um, review in the New York Times today about um, the 80 best movies to watch during isolation. And it just, and it had little one paragraph descriptions of each one. And, you know, of course, the majority I hadn't seen. And and they're all and they were they're all movies that are available at the moment. So you know, find things you enjoy, whether it's comedy, whether it's a book, whether it's whatever. Find things you enjoy. I reckon the next one. that's just good advice for life: is to actually write down things you enjoy, because often we kind of pass over them, we forget about them, we'll we'll um, postpone them. But this is an opportunity to actually think about what you like, which is something again, as I say, not that we don't do that often, and then to actually do it, because now. We don't just, um, not just uh, should, um, should do it for the, its own sake, but also because it's really important to maintain good health. Yeah, I agree entirely. And, uh, you know, and the point you make that the things we should do throughout our life is completely true. Um, but there are also things that you've got to be triply vigilant about at times of stress. And let me give you an example. Yeah. Say, say uh, you're planning on running a marathon in a month's time. Yeah. Right. You're going to start 
building up to that marathon. You're going to be training a little bit every day. You're going to build up your exercise. You're going to be fit. You're going to be eating stuff. You're going to be reading appropriate stuff about the marathon. This is the same. We know we're going to go through one of the most stressful periods really in the history of humankind, not history of humankind. I mean, in our generation. um, And so we have to start preparing. We have to start building up our skills. We have to be, we can't take for granted these things anymore. We have to actively prepare as if we're preparing for a marathon. So what about relaxation skills? Because I know there are some, you know, there's a, a toolbox of skills that we can use You've had a lot of experience in this. What do you recommend in terms of the, the, the skills that people can try and use at home? Well, it's horses for courses. Some people like one thing, others like something different. The, the, probably the main three things that I always think about is all the mindfulness-based meditation um, programs. Now, there's so many of these now. And mindfulness is simply meditation plus Buddhism. It's, but it's the most popular out there. And the two most popular apps are probably Smiling Mind and Headspace. Both have free and paid for versions. Both build up, both train you. Um, then the next one I'd add after that is just to um, look on YouTube and go for any of the breathing bubbles or breath bubble or whatever. And they're just a whole lot of programs, little videos that train you to breathe slowly using your diaphragm and that will chill you out dramatically. And then the third one, which is the traditional one that we all learned back in medical school 30 years ago, um, progressive muscle relaxation. And again, there'd be a thousand YouTubes, a thousand videos on, on other uh, internet formats as well. And the key to all of these relaxation things is probably to go back Back to that um, marathon analogy you don't no one is naturally good at meditation or relaxation no one is born good at it you have to teach yourself and train and so you start off maybe if you're really shitty at it start off with 10 minutes three times a week next week build up to 15 minutes four times a week and next week 20 minutes every day so build up your skills and don't be at all surprised if when you first start doing it, your mind's going everywhere and you're just not achieving what you're trying to achieve. But the more you practice, the better you'll get. And soon you'll be able to relax yourself relatively quickly in that 20 minute period. And not only that, it'll flow into the rest of your day. Do you know, I've got a watch which measures my heart rate because I like numbers and often not, not infrequently during the day, I notice myself just getting a little bit irritable or whatever. And I start just, I just do focused breathing like I just focus on my breathing and I can watch my heart rate go down according to my breathing like it's a really nice um, dose response to to the number of breaths and how focused I am on my breathing so it really works from a physiological and from a mental level Um, I've got a mental blank on the name for that what's it called when because some people train their breathing and their relaxation with a pulse um, you know with something next to them and biofeedback you mean yeah that's what I was after Mm -hmm. yeah I had a mental blank biofeedback yeah that's that's a good one um, look, we did touch on before aspects of isolation and we're, we're going to do a, a whole show on isolation, but just to briefly touch on it, I think connecting with supports and people who you love or like or are friends with who uh, bring you joy um, is really important in this time. And there's lots of ways of doing that. Of course, you know, there's WhatsApp and there's Zoom and there's FaceTime and there's the good old phone call. You know, even that, like we just had, a, we had a friend who's just recently had a fairly major operation and um, I caught up with him today and um, I could just hear in his voice that he was just so relieved to have somebody to talk to about it. And I felt really good just connecting with him. And I forgot, you know, because normally I'd see him every day. Um, yeah. And it was just, I, you, know, you just forget simple things like that. It's a bit more of an effort because you've actually got to make the call and set it up. 
but it's so useful. So let me just summarize before we finish up there. Yep. So the four key things we've touched on, take care of your body, eat sleep exercise, number one. Number two, find ways to unwind at home, including turning off the news. Number three, learn those relaxation skills, treat it like exercise, build up your um, tolerance for it and get the maximum benefits. And number four, connect with your supports. And then I suppose the only other thing we should touch on is what to do if you feel you're not coping and you are out of control. Who should you call? What should you do? Thoughts? Well, yeah, obviously there's people like your GP and community psychologists. Um, Lifeline, whose number is 131114. Beyond Blue, whose number is 1300 224636. And the Kids Helpline, the number is 1800 1800. And can I add to that a little bit? Just Beyond Blue has started a specific um, process for COVID with support lines around COVID stress, um, which is probably, you know, which I had a look at the other day and I thought their information and their resources were um, pretty damn good. And don't forget GPs and psychologists at the moment are, are actually not very busy because all the regular patients have dropped out and they're nearly all offering telehealth, meaning online face-to-face. -face. Yeah. So you look at the person on your computer screen and a lot of them are offering telephone as well. And don't forget to look out for people around you. And that's people you know, people um, who live in the area around you, neighbours, elderly people like that. Just, you know, keep an eye out. And stay safe, everyone. And Thanks for listening. <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe. We forgot, Stephen. We forgot something really important. I always worry when you call me Stephen, it means I've, <laughs> means I've stuffed up. And well, we you are quite right. Okay, look, just a couple of messages to finish up. Firstly, hope you enjoyed the show. And don't forget to tell all your friends and subscribe if you enjoyed it. It's probably worth mentioning we have a Facebook page called Shrink the Virus, where if you want to give us any questions or feedback, please feel free. I've also got a website, steveellen.com, S-T-E-V-E-L-L-E-N.com. <laughs> What's that? Of course you do. <laughs> of course I do. And that's got lots of the tip sheets and info that we're talking about on here. Yep. And this is Shrink the Virus. And don't forget to uh, tune in to 3RRR and listen to our show every Sunday morning at 10am called Radiotherapy. A few thank yous, Beck, Mia and Grace and Michael at RRRR for making this happen. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform.